Hey everyone, welcome back to your favorite travel podcast, Amazing Adventures with David and Nicole. I'm your host, Josh. Today we are going to talk about their most recent trip to Philadelphia, New Jersey. And the reason they were there was, David? See Here Now Music Festival. As you're going to come to find out, Nicole and I love music. We love an opportunity to go. Um, we told you that we went to Montana for Matt Nathanson. And we've gone to several music festivals, and I have um, a very good friend, one of my best friends, a fraternity brother. Um, you've also heard I grew up in New Jersey. So it turns out, a few years ago, they created a music festival. It's a two-day event, which is perfect for Nicole, because it's a Saturday-Sunday concert festival. And it is literally on the beach in Asbury Park, New Jersey, um, which is only about 30 to 40 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, my friend, Ted uh, Romanowski, his beautiful wife, Robin, who hosted us, they are giant music fans. Uh, they go to music uh, events about as much as we travel. Um, it's pretty close. And so we saw um, several months back, we, we heard about it, we saw it, and we're on mailing lists, and the lineup was really, really attractive um, to us. And we knew we had the weekend free, and so we bought the tickets back in uh, like February or March. Southwest opened their schedule to include September, and we jumped on a couple flights. Now, unfortunately, being a Jersey boy, Southwest does not fly into New Jersey anymore, but they do fly into Philadelphia, which is I grew up almost exactly halfway between Newark and Philadelphia. So for me, you know, they're, they're equidistant. So we decided we'd go to the music festival. Um, we needed to get a hotel room, as you'll find out a little bit more about that in a minute why. And we bought tickets to the festival, and then we got flights to Philly. And by that point, and this is six months ago, we went looking for hotel rooms somewhere along the shore, and they were either sold out or you're talking four or $500 a night because of this music festival. So really similar like when people come to Austin for South by Southwest and – you know, ACL Fest, you just have to get those reservations in early. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, you know, a little bit about the place, what's more to be said. You know, you know I'm from Jersey. Uh, this is the Jersey Shore. Um, it was a great opportunity. The lineup was too good. And so we left uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, after work. After work. Our crazy story is going to be about Nashville. Um and we went for the music festival and the plan was we'd get into philadelphia late we were actually able to tweak our flights we thought we'd get in super late and we just stay at a hotel near the airport in philly because it'd be a whole lot cheaper and um then head to new jersey on saturday morning so we we got into we we knew we were flying in um to philly and so we thought through Nashville. So we thought maybe we'd stop in Nashville at the airport to get hot chicken. Well, right. Right. So we're going to skip the reason why we didn't get the hot chicken. But what's funny is, is that during the pandemic, Nicole and I started doing intermittent fasting and only eating one meal a day. And, you know, it's kind of stuck with us. And we were talking with a, a friend of ours, Mark, the other day before the trip. And I said, we've got a really difficult choice because we can we've got a little bit of a layover in Nashville. And we could stop and get Nashville hot chicken in the airport for our dinner. Or we get to Philly and we could go get cheesesteaks, of course. And we don't know what to do. And Mark says, why not both? So we're like, 
Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wisdom. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Um, Nashville didn't work out for reasons to be told in a few minutes. But but I had done the research, and the two most famous, very touristy, yes, admittedly, um, cheesesteak places are Pat's and Gino's, and they're right across the street from, from each other. Um, so I looked them up, and they're 24 hours. So it didn't matter that we were getting in late. Um, we were still going to be able to go get the cheesesteak. And one thing that's really, really important here is uh, lots and lots and lots of people will tell you that the best cheesesteaks in Philly are not at Pat's or Geno's, and that may very well be true. But if you're going to only be in Philadelphia one time in your life, I mean, I think that, first of all, the cheesesteaks don't suck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We were very happy with our choices. Um, But, I mean, it's, it's it's, you know, especially for football fans and particularly football fans who grew up listening to John Madden, you know, they didn't have a football game in Philadelphia where they didn't do a cutaway to this odd five-point corner of two competing cheesesteak businesses. Very important to know. They both are ca- they operate with cash. In fact, Geno's is cash only, and Pat's has an upcharge for the service fees if you use a card. So here we are in the 21st century, you know, 2023, where some people haven't held a dollar in their hands in decades. Um, cash is king at the King of Cheesesteaks. So we knew that that was there. I did not do the research to realize that the airport was literally halfway between Pat's and Gino's and our hotel. So there was a double back. But thanks to what happened in Nashville, we got to Philly starving, starving to death. And cheesesteaks were the perfect uh, elixir for that. So we got our cheesesteaks at Pat's and Gino's. What we did was we went to Pat's, we got one, we split it. Then we went to Gino's, we each got our own and some cheese fries. Um, barely finished. I barely, I barely finished mine. I actually didn't finish it later. And Nicole had half and took her half. So who had the better cheesesteak? Well, <coughs> that depends. <laughs> um, so it kind of depends on your what you like. And one thing I will say. This is was not our first time in Philly. So we have been to Philly before and we went... Um, we went to where they say all the locals go the last time. So we went to Gems, and that's in downtown Philly. And it was good, but it wasn't as good as Pat and Gino's. But that's because we didn't know this one very important fact. They'll tell you with whiz or without uh, cheese whiz. Are you serious? No, you gotta get cheese whiz on the Philly cheesesteak. It makes it. So when we went to Jim's, we had provolone, and it's not. It, you've got to have the cheese whiz. There's just something about the cheese whiz on the cheesesteak. So, so it's coming back to Pat and Gino's. Um, so Pat's chops theirs up into smaller pieces a little bit more. So it's a little. Well, and what's important to know that is this, you know, especially to a generation of people who may have grown up on something called steakums, which were, you know, frozen sliced things that you put in a frying pan for two minutes and make a cheesesteak. Um, it is actually ridiculously thinly sliced ribeyes that they then grill. And, like, they've got this giant tub. You, you're just looking at the giant tub of raw ribeyes, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I could eat all of that. Um, so that so the steak is extremely extremely good quality. Yeah. So 
Pat's is more chopped up. So they they grill it, and as they're grilling it, they're chopping it. They're chopping it. They're chopping it. Um, and so when... And they cook their onions separately from their meat. So for the people who don't like onions, you know, you can go to Pat's and you can have the Philly cheesesteak without that onion flavor in the meat. Um, and because it's so chopped, it's the cheese goes through all of the meat a lot better. So it's juicier with, che- it's cheesier. Feel It tastes cheesier. Um, we got, did get it with the onions, but the onions are cooked separately. So, you know, you don't have that infused flavor in the meat itself. Now, Gino's does not, the, the pieces of meat are in larger. They're, they're thin sliced, but they're kept in sheets for, more. For cooks, you know, when, when you use two spatulas to, like at, at Pat's, their spatulas are like a drum roll. And at Gino's, their spatulas are more like a, They're more flipping. Yeah, flipping. Right, um, and they they it tears apart a little bit and falls apart a little bit, but you know you get a good chunk nice size chunk of uh, meat in every um, bite, and, and they cook the onions with the meat. Right, so the onion the meat is infused with the onion flavor, which if you don't like onions, it's bad. If you love onions like us, it's great. So I'm going to um, take it by David's facial expression expression that he preferred Pat's. With the infused onion flavor. That's Gino's. Gino's, I'm sorry. Gino's. Gino's with the infused yeah, onion G- flavor. Gino's was, yes. I preferred the Gino's. And, and the, in Gino's, they put the cheese whiz on the bread rather than over the top of the meat. So the cheese gets more ingrained in the bread rather than throughout the meat. So you have, uh, you know, those separated flavors a little bit more. Uh, whereas Pat's is all within it. So I preferred pats because i love cheese and the cheese was all and it was um, yeah and, and you know the thing is this too it, it's like you'd want to you might want to consider combining the two somehow if you could you know um we got a mushroom and onion cheesesteak at pats and i got a mushroom and onion cheesesteak at gino's and the mushrooms at pats were better than the mushrooms at chino's but the the whole of the steak we've just spent ah, 10 i just minutes say everybody we just each get festival. each person get half at each place and then everybody's happy by the way um if you want to count over the course of the year how many times nicole says i love food you'll find out why we've just talked about a cheesesteak as much as we're going to talk about a two-day monster music festival on the jersey shore so let's get there so we got up on saturday and we headed to our hotel uh and we checked in now we have to give a shout out here so we stayed in a town in new jersey called cranberry I grew up in the neighbor town called Plainsboro. In fact, both towns were so small that when I was in Little League, um, the name of our Little League was the Plainsboro-Cranberry Little League. We had to combine two towns, and we still didn't have that many teams. So I was practically in my backyard from high school in Cranberry, and we stayed at a Staybridge Suites. It's Cranberry, South Brunswick, and we had such incredible service from Dominica um, the front desk woman. I called in to ask if we could check in early. She said she'd check and see if our room was clean and call us back. She did. Um, we got there. She remembered it, uh, the call. She was so friendly. She was so helpful. I did a Google review for her too. Um, that we were supposed to stay for the weekend and we ended up not. And when we were checking out on Sunday and I told her, hey, we want to check out, she said, well, why would you leave us? You're supposed to be here is there tomorrow. Wrong? Is there something wrong? And it was not anything at all. You'll you know you'll come to find out why. But um, uh, she was so helpful and so friendly. 
And, uh, you know, with staff like that, that's the kind of hotel. And, like, if I had to go back for a reunion or, you know, any kind of reason that I needed to be back where I went to high school, that, that hotel is going to jump to the top of my list because of a bunch of reasons. And first and foremost was their staff, and particularly Dominica, which is the highlight of a story that you'll hear one day about our Christmas cruise in 2022. Um, and, and I told her the story, and she loved it. Um, so we got to the hotel, we checked in, we dropped our stuff off. We didn't take anything else with us. We got in the car and we drove down, we started driving down to the beach and being a Jersey boy, uh, who's been in Texas for 33 years, um, a mile and a half from the hotel, I saw the five greatest words in my life, uh, five greatest letters in my life, P I Z Z A. You can stop at any pizza place in New Jersey and it's a thousand times better than anything you got in texas and nicole needed to go to a pharmacy and lo and behold there was a cvs right next to the pizza place um which was in a strip mall so i said do you want to go to cvs and get your stuff and she said yeah and i said okay i'll go grab a slice and i'll meet you at the car there was no other communication so i grabbed a slice for me (laughs) i get to the car i said where's my pizza i didn't get you a pizza I he gave me the crust. You love from the his crust. Pizza. So we continued on down to the shore. We got to my friend's house. We hung out with Ted and Robin and their friends. So they have, they had three or four people who come to the festival. They get their Saturday morning to their house and they put up tents in my friend's backyard and they sleep in tents. They go to the festival Saturday, go back to Ted's, and then crash in tents and get up Sunday, pack up their tents, and go back to the festival. And that was a little odd. And then so we were there, and we were getting ready to go to the show. And then Ted and Robin said, hey, we have a pull-out sofa. You guys can stay here. We can't do that. We don't have anything. Oh, we have what you need. No, no, no. This went on and on all night long. But so we good, we went to the festival, and... um. I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening probably have been to ACL at least once. See here now is much, much smaller. Three stages. Two of them are at opposite ends of the same beach, far enough apart that there's no mingling, commingling of the music, if you will. But they also don't play at the same time. Right. And then there's a third stage that's... Um, so you have the ocean, right? Then you have the sand, the beach, etc. You have the boardwalk. Then you have buildings along the boardwalk. Then you have a street on the other side of the buildings. And then across the street, there's a large park. So the third stage was there. And serious good acts were at all three stages, especially on Saturday. And um, But there was a, a ton of people. There were very few gates. When we got into the festival, it was a little bit more difficult to get food and drink... They were more removed from the music stages, especially the two beach stages. Um, but it was still a good time. Um, it, it, we really did have a good time. It, you know, Comparing it to ACL's Unfair, we've been doing it here in Austin for over 20 years. We've got it down to a science. Um, you know, the Zilker Park is, is so massive. So massive. Wow. This um, is a much smaller space. We had, a, we had a really great time. We got in... Um, we got to see the Killers and well, the Killers Royal were a Saturday Blood. Night headliner. We got in and we got to see Royal Blood, a band that we first saw at ACL. We saw Royal Blood, um, and then we went down to the other stage and saw Cheryl Crow, 
And interestingly enough, I've been a fan of Sheryl Crow for 30 years. And I say fan, like I don't own her albums or CDs, and I've I've never seen her in concert or anything. But her first, um, you know, when she first broke out on the scene, it, she had really cool music, and I've all of her music's been good. But I've never seen her before, and she was great. She was real entertaining. Um, and then after Sheryl Crow, we got to see Living Color, which is a band from my Ted and me our uh, our college days. Living Color was a big deal. And then, um, then we were couldn't wait for eight o'clock, and Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, and they're as big down here as they are anywhere else. They are an incredible show. They're like a jam band. They're almost like you. If you heard that they were the product of the Blues Brothers in some way, shape, or form, you'd believe it. If you haven't heard Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, I'm telling you, some night on a Saturday night or a Friday night. Turn them on, turn it up. They are just an incredible act. But while we were waiting for them, Nicole was starving because, remember, she didn't get that piece of pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she decided to check out the food um, lines, which weren't that bad, where we were, which is we are now at the park stage. It had another name. And if you're with C here now and you hear this and you want to correct us, please, by all means. Um, so she went looking for food. And uh, I found the Wookiee dogs. I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I mean, because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So, of course, I may be drawn to that. Um, it had nothing to do with Wookiees, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but they had, they had a dog that was, um, it's called the Spunion. So it had a crispy fried onion batter over the corn dog. And then it had cheese inside with the dog. Um, and then it had French onion dip on the dog as the drizzle. Like, the drizzle. And, oh, my gosh. It was phenomenal. It was so, so good. Well, and you've already heard that I'm a big fan of the onions. So uh, that's what she got me to eat. Yeah, I got one bite. Because you got? I got the Mexicali dog. So they had Takis that they crushed up and made into a batter over the corn dog with cheese in with the dog again. And then um, it had like a chipotle mayo over the top with more crushed Takis. The green ones. That was so good. Yeah. She'll, the French be a, onion dip one was still better. Oh, that was such a good dog. So good. And um, so while she was gone, so the band that was playing before Nathaniel Ratliff, they were on from six to seven. So at 7 o'clock, I'm sitting there waiting for Nicole to bring the food back. And in the middle of the field, about 1,000 feet or more away from directly back from the stage, was this giant twisted T setup. They had a huge quasi-tent. They had a couple, you know, a couple of young girls selling twisted teas. They had tubs and tubs and tubs of it, a blow-up thing around it. And then next to it, they had a pickup truck parked. Um, facing away from the stage with the tailgate down, tubs of twisted tea in the tailgate. Now it's for sale, one free. Um, but at seven o'clock, when the prior prior band was done and everyone started leaving, the tailgate was empty. So while Nicole's out food hunting, I jumped up on the tailgate just to be careful. I'm not a twisted tea person, but I was like, look, I can drink a tea or a lemonade once, right? Especially if there's alcohol in it. So I got one. And I went back, and there was still... So I sat down on the tailgate, square in the middle. So, you know, so here's this 55-year-old guy sitting on a tailgate drinking Twisted Teas. Nobody's coming near me. Nicole comes back with the dogs. I slide over. So we got to hang out on the Twisted Tea 
tailgate for an hour waiting on Nathaniel Ratliff. Other folks came around. We made a seat for one person, uh, and that's all there could be. Um, we had incredible good dog. The dogs were great. Nathaniel Ratliff was better. And once you go to a Nathaniel Ratliff uh, concert, you'll realize there's no sitting down. Uh, so we were up much of the time, but it wasn't. we weren't worried about losing our tailgate seats. They had screens on either side of the stage, so we could see real clearly what we couldn't see from 1,000 feet away. Um, it did remind me that, you know what? What did we forget? We forgot binoculars. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. We have three pairs of binoculars, maybe four now, right? Oh, we forgot about that. We found a pair of binoculars in a rental car. And uh, so Ratliff was great. And then after that, we went over to the boardwalk. Well, it was going to be the boardwalk to watch the Killers, who we have seen in concert before. Um, but so here's another shout out. Verizon. We are Verizon customers. And Verizon is one of the sponsors of the festival. So not only do they have super Verizon boosters, like our friends were not Verizons. And they, they stopped getting texts halfway through the night. But our phones worked perfectly all night. And, and there were extra towers for the ride. They had extra towers, and they had a giant kind of temporary structure built with bars where you could see both stages. So we got into the Verizon bar. Um, we made friends with a Jamaican uh, security guard, O-Chain, uh, awesome. who loved us. Yeah, he opened his mouth one time. I go, from Jamaica? Mon, how you know that so well? I was like... Trust me, I know that so well. And uh, so then we met a bartender named Red, and that's all we have to say about that for now. And we had a couple drinks, and we're trying to communicate with our friends who didn't have Verizon, and we couldn't communicate with them. So the night got kind of crazy because when the killers were done, all these people are leaving from two very small entrances. And we stumbled around for 45 minutes before we were finally able to make contact with them. We finally did. We got in the car. One of us had to get in the back hatch. We went to their house. And they were now, it's Saturday we night. Both, it's We both got in the back hatch. Oh, were we? Were yeah. you there with me? <laughs> and uh, oh, this explains Too why. many twisted T's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just one. <laughs> and uh, we got back to Ted's. And they were all ready to party on, like, it's Saturday night. But we're thinking... We get a 30 to 45 minute drive back to our hotel. Uh, to, the next day is going to be a slower day, less bands, less walking. Like we should go back. And they started pushing hard for us to stay with them. But like we didn't have chargers. We didn't have change of clothes. We didn't have toothbrush. It doesn't matter. But I had a sense that if we could just get back to the hotel, we'd have a good night's sleep. We'd have all we needed. Plus, I had made friends uh, plans with a friend from high school. Uh, to have breakfast with her. She has seen our adventures on Facebook ever since the pandemic when all of us from high school reconnected. And she's an incredibly positive, sweet, wonderful woman. Um, and she's said, I'd love to meet Amazing one day. And uh, so we started talking about New Jersey. And we used to keep our trips secret. So people would be like, where are you this weekend? And we'd say, wait till you see Facebook Friday night or whatever. Now we've realized we're going to start putting it out there in advance so that if there's people we know, you know, in the area, maybe we can start getting together. So we made a breakfast plan with her for Sunday morning, and I just knew the combination of if we could get to the hotel and get a decent night's sleep and have breakfast with Janice, we'd be charged up for Sunday because as fun as Saturday was with all the bands we saw, and especially Nathaniel Ratliff, Sunday was going to be pretty special in my opinion. Um, 
And so we we stuck around as long as we could, and then Nicole drove us back to the hotel Sunday, Saturday night, so we could get up on Sunday morning and have breakfast with Janice, which we did. And Janice brought us bagels. And the second most important food that a Jersey guy misses after pizza is bagels. And these bagels were incredible. I got two. I got a bagel sandwich, and I got a buttered bagel, and she brought them from wherever. Um, and I got an everything breakfast bagel. with It had, it had sausage and egg. Didn't have cheese. Um, sausage, bacon, egg, and? Ham. But apparently... It's pork it's roll. It's pork roll. It's pork roll. And she called it ham, and Janice just started chuckling. She, she got, like, ham? There's no ham? What is ham? Uh, it's pork roll, apparently. If you're not from Jersey or the Northeast, Pork roll breakfast realize. sandwich is a, is like something that if you like pork or ham, this guy does not, it's something you have to have. So Nicole had the three meats and the egg on the bagel, and the bagel was off the hook incredible we had a nice visit and we decided okay we're gonna take ted and robin up on the fold-out couch this time it'll help us get to the airport on time and so we packed up our stuff and that's when dominica helped us get out and we went back and so now after a little bit of football because we are big football fans that'll factor into some stories you hear in the future uh we went because we had to get a good spot by 345 because we got to see the Beach Boys with Uncle Jesse Mm -hmm. on the beach in New Jersey. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. John Stamos. Yeah. Uh, He he was on the drums. He He played the guitar. guitar. He played the bass. He played the drums. He played the um, not maracas but I can't think of it. He sang a little bit. Um, He was great but like the Beach Boys... You know, what, what's more American than watching the Beach Boys on a beach, even if the lead singer's 89 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Beach Boys mean a lot to Nicole. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved Beach Boys growing up as a kid. Like, I, you know, I know that they're not from my generation. Nobody else that I went to school with was really into the Beach Boys, except my good friend, Casey Ashbrenner. So she and I, like, we'd get together, and I choreographed an entire uh, dance going down her stairs and out her third-story third windows, down the roof, like, sliding. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun. Oh, you mean you tried to kill somebody when you were a child? No, I didn't tell her she had to, to do it. Something? <laughs> I didn't tell her she had to do it. Yeah, okay. And then there was the time she went and swam in the, um, the tank with me, and apparently I didn't know it then, but she can't swim. And what, <laughs> so. and what were you two wearing on that <laughs> tank swim? Mm, well, I didn't bring my bathing suit, so... There's a little bit. And we <laughs> couldn't... We couldn't... If we wore our clothes into the water, then the, her parents would have known, and we would have been in trouble. So that's how she thinks, folks. (laughs) So um, we got to see the Beach Boys, and um, I have a quick wit sometimes that I'm pretty proud of. And um, we were with three other women, Robin, of course, and uh, Phyllis and Dina, and they stood up to take a picture, and they waved Nicole over, you know, a foot, two feet. So they 
wave Nicole over to join the picture of the four women. And this young guy next to me says, hey, uh, and I was pulling my phone out to take a picture of the four women. Uh, they turned and smiled at each of our cameras. And uh, this guy, young guy next to me says, um, hey, if you want to get in the picture, I'll, I'll take your, you know, I'll take your picture for you. And just blurted out something I'd never thought of before, but I just said, dude, you don't drop a dick into a chick pic. <laughs> and he loved beep, it. Beep, beep. He laughed it. <laughs> and he's like, dude, Sorry I'm stealing that. I'm like, dude, the best things are stolen. I didn't steal that. I literally just made that up right now. But I steal plenty of stuff and use it. So uh, we had a good laugh over that. And then uh, we got to see Weezer who were way better than I thought. I didn't realize how many Weezer songs oh, I knew. Gosh. Yeah, they're right? so good. I'm a big Weezer fan. Well, so good. They, listen, they played every hit, but you know what's really cool that they did? Right before they came on stage, they played on the sound system Africa mm-hmm. by Toto. Yeah. They didn't play theirs. They they actually played the, Toto's. They didn't, like, they didn't play it. Right. Right? It was on the sound system. It was oh, Toto's. Gotcha. It wasn't theirs. And then after that was over, they came out. Yeah. And what's funny is, for those of you in Texas if, who, who don't know Weezer, um, I think spasmatics are a tribute to Weezer, right? <laughs> like, they play 80s music, but, like... Two, three of the guys in Weezer look like they belong in Spasmatics. So, and, and a very underrated. I'm just going to insert this real quick. Underrated album of Weezer's is their second album. It was Pinkerton, my personal favorite album of theirs. Well, I will say that we were not. I wouldn't say what we. I wouldn't call us Weezer fans before, but we really enjoyed them. And if there, if I was at a music festival and they were playing, I'd go see them. Somebody offered me a ticket. Well, you know, we're spreading ourselves around. But the night ended with the whole reason we went there in the first place. The Sunday night headliner, the closer, was the Foo Fighters. And it's been a very rough year for music. And, you know, the Foo Fighters are part of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't know if they'd go on without their drummer. Um, but they did. And they came out. And they I've seen them now. This was the third or fourth time. I saw Dave Grohl's Broken Leg at ACL. We saw the very first... Um, uh, show on the Concrete and Gold tour that was happened to be in Austin. I feel like there was another one, but in any event, two solid hours. Kiss guy. Right. If uh, if you if you're familiar with the Foo Fighters making a guy named Kiss Guy famous, uh, that happened in Austin. We were there for that, and their new drummer apparently played with Devo in the past, and then Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. and. He was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And the Foo Fighters were everything it was cracked up to be. And so, um, and we got to go back to the Verizon tent. Now, this is the crazy story and the big finish, right? Yeah. We go back to the Verizon tent, and it was raining at the time, and the Foo Fighters are on, let's call it, the north side. So everybody in the tent is on the north side, and there's a fire marshal, and there's limits. It was one in, one out. It took a while to get in it. It took a while to get back in after the restroom break. Um, but we get in, and I'm like, I'm going to not drink too much because I'd rather enjoy the show than the bathroom. And um, so Nicole went to go get herself a drink on the other side where nobody was. And and, and I met uh, Red. Well, tell them well, how I you met, met Red. Well, I apparently I met Red the night before, but I didn't remember meeting Red. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so Red made my drink and uh and he's going to be at acl 
Hold on. You're missing a big, big part well, of the story. Well, I don't know story. what you're trying to tell me. She goes up, and she's like, uh, he acknowledged you like he knew you, and you played played dumb, so to speak. And he said, um, where's David? And you mm-hmm. said, what? Or something where he said, um, yeah, Glickler. Like he oh, remembered. Oh, yeah, Glickler, yeah. He, right? It was Glickler. It wasn't David. Yeah, yeah, he said, where's Glickler? And she's like, what? He goes, yeah, I, I was serving you guys last night, and his name is Ray. He's a big, burly guy. He's got a giant ZZ Top kind of beard, and it's super dyed red. And she's like, she comes back. She goes, you're not going to believe this. I was like, what? She goes, the bartender says, where's Glickler? <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it hit me. I remembered Friday, Saturday night better. I was like, wait a second. So I went over to see him, and I said, you've got Tito's, right? He says, of course I've got Tito's. I was like, Okay, I remember you. It's just a little foggier. I was drinking. You weren't. He said, so we get to talking, and he is going to be coming down to Austin for the first two weeks of October because he will be tending bar at the Tito's tent at ACL and has told us we got to come by and see him. And we're like, this is just too much. Yeah. So now we got to go to ACL. Now we got to go to ACL. Oh, darn. Yeah. it's too bad. Hey, front gate tickets. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Please. So that was it. We uh, we went back to Ted and Robbins. We all crashed. It was a long weekend. We got up uh, Monday morning, uh, got bagels to go. Not as good as Janice's bagels from a place called Jersey Bagels in Dayton, New Jersey. Um, But good uh, bagels. Better than what I got here. And uh, we made it home. Now, finally, the last piece, the last piece, the Nashville thing. Mm. So our flight through to Philly was supposed to give us almost two hours in Nashville, plenty of time to sit down at one of the restaurant bars, get some hot chicken, have a couple beers. And when our plane uh, taxied out onto the runway in Austin, uh, they came out with an announcement that a line of storms had moved across the northern half of the airport and we were put on a ground halt, the whole airport, and it was going to be a while, so they're killing the engines. We sat on the tarmac uh, in Austin for almost an hour and a half. Finally, they said, we're going to go, but we're going to circle around to the west to miss the storms, so making the flight to Nashville even longer. We landed in Nashville at 3.04, no, not 3.04, whatever. We landed in Nashville, and we had six minutes to get off our plane and get on the next plane. And we have good boarding passes on Southwest, and we usually sit together, you know, middle to close to the... We were afraid we might not even sit next to each other. We get off the plane. Nicole literally runs with her little bat case and her backpack, the door backpack. And I walk, and we walk up there, and we were there one minute. And they say, all right, now boarding. And so instead of getting Nashville hot fried chicken... We ran from gate D1 to D4 just in time to get online and get on the plane. That was going. So now I'm thinking, all right, coming back, we'll have hot chicken for lunch. And then I got, we got on the plane in Philly, and I looked at the math. As scheduled, we were going to have 10 minutes in Nashville to go from the deplaning to getting on the next plane. 10 minutes. Well, we're deplaning in the Terminal C and getting on our plane to Terminal D. So we already don't know that how close they are, but they're not in the same terminal. And our plane stops, and they ding, right? Everybody gets up. All the suitcases are coming out. There are other people who have tiny turnarounds to get on their planes. Nicole has to get back to Texas so she can work. Uh, 
And all of a sudden, the captain comes on and says, folks, I'm sorry to tell you this, but uh, the ground crew misdirected us where to stop, and we're just a little bit short of where we need to be to get the gate. So we need everybody to put their stuff back up and away and everybody sit down and get seat belted because we can't move the plane if anybody's up. And so we got a, this 10-minute delay. Well, that was our layover was 10 minutes. So we all sit down and now, you know, of course, they say, hey, if you don't have a connection, could you let other people go? Nobody does this. <laughs> and uh, we get off the plane and we figure out where I'm like, okay, just go. Get on the plane, get a seat, save a seat for me. I'll be there because the knee is still not great. So Dora runs again through the Nashville airport. Not once, but With twice. 25-pound backpack. 25-pound backpack. A tiny little suitcase that's shaped like a coffin. Um, it and has a bat on it. She makes it t- to the gate, and I get to the gate, and fortunately there was a delay, so we, get on, we were able to get on together. But we literally spent, when we thought we were going to have about three or more hours in Nashville between two flights, we wound up having 14 minutes between two flights. Somebody didn't want you in Nashville. This is the third time you've done that to me. <laughs> Teaser but, for Charlotte. As I understand, though, there's a plan for Nashville. Nashville is coming up. Awesome. Veterans Day weekend, if you're available, come see us. All right. Well, guys, this has been another great episode. Um, just awesome stories. Anyway, we want to thank you all so much for listening. This has been Amazing Adventures with David and Nicole.